Hey guys, guess what? This is episode 100 of Heal. I know, I can hardly believe it. From the release of our first episode on May 7th, 2020, my golden retriever Henry's second birthday, to today, it has been nearly four years dedicated to our healing journey. I want to thank all of the incredible 100 guests who have shared their knowledge, their stories, and their hearts, and taken the risk to be vulnerable in service of you. I want to thank Kendra Vicken for being my irreplaceable partner in this endeavor. I literally could not do this without you. And I want to thank you for being here. I know some of you have been with me from the start, and more of you have listened to every single one of these podcasts, which still blows my mind. And to you who may have more recently joined us, I am so honored that you are willing to share your precious time and life force energy with us here in service of exploring the conversation of health and healing. Where will we go from here? Who knows? But I promise you, I will always be here to amplify your voices and the ideas and practices we need to harness the natural power of nature and demystify the blueprint of healing. I'm Dr. Sarah Marshall, and this is Heal. Welcome to Heal. On today's episode, we get to talk with Corey Lovejoy again. Now nearly two and a half years later, she's in a whole new stage of her transition, from cis man to trans woman, to recognizing the spiritual growth and evolution of her humanity in the process of exploring gender. Now, in a new conversation of the fluidity of all energies of expression of who we are, she recognizes the universal nature of her story for all of us in being willing to fully love ourselves, accept our darkness, heal our shame, and find comfort in our own skin. The more I view this transition as a spiritual journey, the more it resonates with other people. Corey Lovejoy is a consultant, educator, coach, facilitator, speaker, storyteller, writer, and parent. She enjoys telling the story of her journey as a trans woman and sharing what she's learning about life, love, and being a better human by becoming a woman. In this episode, Corey Lovejoy and I discuss various aspects of gender, self-expression, and personal transformation. This whole thing for me is a miracle. I couldn't even ever fathom that I would be living the life that I am. It was beyond my imagination, so this is appearing to me as miraculous. We touch upon the fluidity of gender throughout a person's life, how hormone levels change during different stages, and the impact of both physiology and societal conditioning on one's identity. Corey reflects on her journey of embracing her feminine side and delving into the complexities of self-expression. While she enjoyed exploring the gender binary, she also realizes the importance of integrating both her masculine and feminine aspects, ultimately seeing herself and all of us as a blend of energies. Nothing in nature has a bright line division. And so every aspect of my personality and my physiology is outside the binary. I live outside the binary. We discuss the sociological and physiological aspects of gender, challenging societal labels and categories. We discussed how much more variation exists within gender categories than across them, highlighting the arbitrary nature of these divisions. 
Corey emphasizes the importance of empathy and compassion for individuals going through transitions and suggests that the transformation should not be rushed, but allowed to unfold naturally over time. The road home is the road to yourself. That's, that's the big discovery. We speak about the significance of self-love, authentic relationships, and addressing shame and stigma during the process. Join us. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. So yeah, a lot has happened since we were here last. Yes, it has. I was thinking about that this morning and and it's been a, was it April of 21? Is that right? Yeah, because it was okay, right before yeah. I moved so, to New York. Yeah, year and a half. Uh, two, excuse me. Two and a <laughs> two half. And a half years ago. <laughs> two and a half years ago. Yeah. What a what a what a crazy two and a half years it has been for me and uh, yeah. you as well. So yeah. It's, but it's great great to be back. I I I've been looking forward to this conversation. And I just feel really honored to have you here. I mean, there's. I guess I am going to dive right into this. I wasn't sure when I was going to say this, but apparently I'm going to say it right away. There's something for me about having been blessed with the opportunity to witness. I mean, I don't know what your life was like. You know, we met, what, four years ago. And at that time, you had not yet transitioned. And it like to be able to to be someone in your life who's witnessed this journey over the last four years for it's done a lot for me. <laughs> like, I'm going to be totally selfish of like, you know, there was something I just watched amazing video you shared with me about your own process that is available on it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's yes, it's available on YouTube. It's not like fully edited yet. Um, okay, clear. It, yeah, it's, it's 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 a it's still in draft form, but it Perfect. will be. It will Perfect. Be out. So yeah. So at some point we'll have the final edition available. But it was so moving and impactful for me, particularly the conversation of like this spiritual journey of self acceptance and self love and being able to be with all parts of ourselves and you know, I'll let you speak to that in your own experience of the last two and a half to four years. But it's like, you said something in that about it being a universal human experience. And that's the part that just like, like I can, you know, I'm not a trans woman. So I don't know what that particular version is like, but there's something for me of like, accepting all my hard edges and the things that I haven't been willing to be public about and where I also feel fear to be my authentic self. And like, I just, Every time you and I get to sit down and talk, you say things that has me get more about me being a woman for myself in just like this incredible way. And so I just feel honored to get to be one of the members of the gallery witnessing your process. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. And yeah, I appreciate that. Those are kind, kind, kind words and generous compliments. Yeah, this this is one of I mean, I will say this is. Well, one of my biggest epiphanies, if not my biggest epiphanies, epiphany in, in this whole journey is that the more I view this transition as a spiritual journey, just as you said, and we can dig into that, but the more I zoom out and take that perspective, uh, the more it resonates with other people. 
you know, there's lots of angles that I can I can take in telling my story and 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 in trying to make sense of this transition. I can think, you know, I've I've, I've tried to look at this from every lens. The only thing that makes sense to me is to view it from a spiritual lens. And, and as I do that, I find that I understand more of myself. And it's just I know I know the path forward is through uh, the road. The road home is the road to yourself, right? The road home is the road to yourself. That's, that's the big discovery and, and realizing that, yeah, that's the human journey. And that's give, this has given me so much self, self-awareness and self-acceptance and self-compassion and understanding that my journey is similar to everyone else's, just like me. You know, I'm part of this common humanity, this common journey. So it's it's allowed me to be more self-compassionate and give myself some grace. I can be really hard on myself, especially as, as you know, as I took on some of these, you know, these uh, mindsets and these mental models of being a woman, you know, I trying to get you know, with my beauty and my appearance and my looks and and trying to like be enough and, and accept myself. And so there's been a lot of learning and self-compassion and just saying like, look, this is a common journey. And then also it's a lot, given me a lot of empathy, a lot of empathy, because then I see in my own journey, you know, the, the resonance with other people. And I see this is a common journey, it's a common journey that we're all on, common humanity. And that's, it's been, it's blown my heart wide open. I know I've just said a whole mouthful, but that's really the message I think you know, that's maybe like the, the executive summary. If you don't want to hear me talk about spirituality and 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 trans transformations, human transformations, then you could probably turn off the episode now because <laughs> this is what I'm most this is what yeah. I'm most excited about. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. And just to like walk us through a few of the what would you say? I'm trying to look how I want to ask this question, but like, like, what would you say are some of the biggest thresholds you've had to cross in this journey? Yeah, well, that I mean, the the, the first the first threshold, and we covered this in that first episode. The first ep, the first threshold was me coming out to myself, or at least I'll say not not coming out to myself, but the willingness to 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 take another look at this lifelong desire to be a woman and you could even go back even further than that to say it was the threshold to really cross into the threshold of of, of a commitment I'll say I don't know how to phrase this exactly but a commitment to like really get to know myself like really really dig in I was studying mindfulness at the time I was studying emotional and social intelligence I was trying to like really get in deep into my psyche and, and as you know, started to do plant medicine and these sorts of things. So the first threshold was just like saying, I'm going in. That's where I'm focusing my energy is I'm going in. And then, and that, you know, it, you, be, be careful what you ask for because you never know what you're going to, going to turn up. But then, then after that, it's like, okay, then accepting, it's been a continually crossing over these thresholds because I continue to bring up bring up material you know first was this epiphany you know you're a girl and and crossing over that and trying to figure out what to do with that and then a big I'll say another big milestone since we've 
was since we last spoke was bottom surgery. That'll be two years ago, November. I had bottom surgery. That was a major, major threshold. We can talk about that. We can talk about anything, as you know. And then now recently, I feel like I'm on another, this, our, the timing of this episode is very interesting because I feel like I'm on, on, a, on, a, on the brink of another episode. Cut an episode, sorry. Um, I'm mincing my words today. On the brink of another threshold now, as I start to really discover aspects of my sexuality that I haven't explored. It's like, that's that feels like the next layer of the onion. First, it was, you know, first it was gender. And now I'm, I feel like in a way, it almost feels like I was coming out or I'm coming out again in a way mm. with my, some of my sexual orientation and, and various aspects. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I mean, there's, a, there are many aspects in there. I mean, I, I want to go deeper into your physical and, and physiologic experience of bottom surgery. That's, you know, I think something that very few people can kind of even wrap their heads around what that would be like and, and curious for you, you know, kind of whatever you're comfortable sharing. Right. But, but a bit of the, the good, the bad and the ugly, and my brain's going a thousand miles an hour of all these things I could fill in of what I think maybe how that was or where, you know, but I want to hear kind of, it's much more interesting to come from your actual experience than all of my, my thoughts about it, but that's one place. And then also I, I'm going to go in a totally different direction. I'm really interested what your experience has been. You know, you lived in the world as a cis white male for what, 48 years. And I'm somewhat interested in like your sociological political perspective on like now being in the world as a woman and how the world interacts with you differently. Things that you've experienced now that were just not on your radar before because the world didn't interact with you that way. Pick yeah. either path. Which one would you like to go down first? <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's go down the bottom surgery path first because yeah. we can check that box. And, and then I really want to go down the ladder path because that's been the most interesting, the biggest thing of all. And, and yeah. And, yeah. Okay. So we'll go down that deep, but the, Great. the bottom surgery. So there's there's protocol for for bottom surgery and i i jumped through all of that those hoops and about about this time 2 years ago i was preparing for bottom surgery november 1st 2021 i had vaginoplasty surgery and i mean we could i don't know how much like detail i don't need the go. De- I'm, I'm more Google curious this. you're, you're on, yeah exactly but yeah, like, just, I you know just, i mean yeah. people have like I've talked to to people that have had breast cancer and they've had mastectomies and there's a there's quite a personal transformation that happens for them where they have to kind of create a new relationship to their sexuality, their body, you know, when they've had both of their breasts removed or one of their breasts removed and and I'm not saying this is the same thing so I'm just kind of curious for you like is it like elation in the other direction is it just pure joy like i can imagine it's still pretty major surgery there's a lot of healing right like how was that for your experience of life yeah yeah i i yeah well i'll say first of all i was ecstatic uh, i was not fearful at all going into the surgery and and god when this whole process started i was adamant that i would never get elective surgery at all. And I would never do any surgery at all. And so it was a big shift for me to get from the point in, in really a, a year 
to get to the point from like, like can't even imagine doing this to doing this. And then, and then being wheeled into the operating room with no fear whatsoever. There was a little bit of a mix up in scheduling. And I thought they called me and said, if they asked me like two weeks before my scheduled date on a Friday, they said, Hey, can you come in on Monday and do the surgery? We had an opening. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can. I just, cause I couldn't wait. I was like, I can, I can. And I got so excited. And then like, and I told all my friends and, and I was just like, before that I was holding, you know, I was just like, just so anxious to get it. I just wanted to get it over. I was so worried that something was going to come along and postpone it, COVID or whatever. Anyway, I, and and for the next two hours, I was telling everyone and I was on cloud nine and then they called back and said they had made a mistake that I'd still have to stick with the November 1st date. And I was extremely deflated. I was extremely disappointed. But then the thing that it taught me was that I had no fear. Since that moment, fear was gone because the minute they called me, they told me for two hours, I had zero fear thinking that it was going to happen. So the next two weeks were glorious because I knew it was coming and I, and the that's fear awesome. had evaporated. Yeah. So, awesome. and, and they wheeled me into the operating room and, and, and the recovery was not that bad in terms of pain. I think there's, you know, a big difference between elective surgery. You're going in, you know, elated about and, and others. But yeah, it's been it's been a major recovery. And I mean, the physiology of this whole thing, the shift, I mean, I, I don't know what's more impactful, honestly. I mean, I've been on hormones now for three years. My entire physiology, my body's changed so much. The whole thing feels different. Sarah, and I was thinking about this. I go to dance every morning, like a conscious dance and body movement class every Sunday. And, and I've been doing that for about a year now. And and it's like, I'm relearning how to use, I'm relearning how to use this body, how to move it. I have to think differently. The whole world has been, my whole world has been upended the way my body feels. Of course, we can get into sexual experiences. I will say everything works. Everything works, both the, <laughs> yeah. plumbing, the plumbing and the electricity. And I have had, you know, I've had some, you know, I have been exploring my sexuality and so that's obviously different, but, but, you know, lots of, lots of, lots of epiphanies there about, about just, I'll just say one more thing and then I'll, we'll go down the other, ra the other rabbit hole, unless you have any questions, uh, whether it's, it's, well, it's, whether it's physiologically or psychologically, the, the one big learning in all this, and it, I think it really relates to my body is to see what it, this contrast has been so stark. In a relatively short amount of time, my body, my life, my mind, everything has changed so much, so quickly. And it provides a very stark contrast. My therapist um, in Seattle used to say, consciousness loves contrast. So having these two extreme experiences has given me a sense of like, well, what's remained stable? Who, what's the, what's, who's the quarry that is, you know, what's, what's stayed the same? It's what's really consistent. given me a view into yeah. what's been consistent with every, and it's, it's, there's, you know, there's, there's some there, there's not nearly, I mean, it, so much has changed, but yet uh, there's a sense of Corey now that I've changed genders, changed jobs, changed so much about my life. There's still an essence of Corey that just feels like immutable and there and was there 
and is there and always still will be there. And I can't put my finger on it. And I think it's that same sense of Corey or sense of self that, you know, that we find through, through, you know, spiritual practices. And, you know, so, so that has been really, really rich. And it, it feels most profound in my body to think of like, if I'm not my, if I'm not this body, if I'm not this part, if I'm not this pain, who am I beyond this skin suit? Does that make perfect. sense? It, oh, it makes perfect sense. And that's you know, I'm, contrast just like, yeah, sorry. Just like having such a rapid contrast so quickly, just like, it really showed me that. Yeah. Sorry to, yeah, sorry to cut no, you it's off. Perfect. Just, it's like, it puts the, the illumination, you know, it just really puts the spotlight on that, that as, I mean, I not nearly the same circumstances, but it's one of the things that I love about world travel and putting myself into cultures that are incredibly foreign is is really i mean i enjoy learning about other cultures and i enjoy being in these amazing different experiences but one of my favorite things about really you know extraordinary international travel is i learn so much more about myself because i'm in this incredibly foreign environment and then it's like me contrasts against this whereas when i'm home and i'm in the familiar and i'm around the same things i've always been around I it where I end and the other things begin is not as clear as when I'm in this foreign environment. And it's like there's this stark contrast that kind of leaves me in relief and and the 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 who I am universally, regardless of friends and family and and even, you know, preferences and food choices and all, all the things that happen when I'm when I'm traveling to different countries. It's like that's that's what kind of started to come out for me when you were talking about that that specific thing of the contrast kind of illuminating this essence of Corey. I also want to speak to like why we're here having this conversation on heal. I mean, heal is a exploration of conversations of what does it mean to heal? What does it take to heal? What does it really look like to heal? And it's long been my assessment assertion that all healing journeys ultimately are spiritual journeys and that the road of healing, I mean, there's symptom management, which I would say is on the road of healing, but you know, it's a, it's an initial step. But people who come to me that truly are like, I want to be on the entire other side of this disease, even if I'm still, you know, technically have MS or I still have rheumatoid arthritis or I still, you know, have this diagnosis, but what would it be for me to completely transform myself for myself to be on the other side of this fully free in my life, even if I'm fully free with this, you know, diagnosis. And it always is this process of, of having to go in and deal with some of these darker places in ourselves and, and let go of aspects of ourselves or, or places where the fear has been holding us back from our self-expression. And I, I just see there's this interesting parallel, if not even identical process, like the process that you've been through over the last four years and are still in process on it is exactly what I see in my clients dealing with, you know, mold toxicity and chronic fatigue or, or whatever else they might have of this process of what does it mean to fully embody myself? And when I'm fully embodied, what this body is capable of, you know, and, and that's, I can see that 
in what you're sharing is the process of embodiment and how powerful that is. And it's something that I'm also at work on in my own journey is as a question, as an inquiry, like what does it mean and what would it make available if I was just 100% fully in love with myself, full self-acceptance and fully resided in my body, which for me, embodiment is very connected to being present and conscious and alive, like the full levels of consciousness and aliveness. Yeah. Yeah. I love all that. And let me, let me tie this, some of this together in my mind. And, and so I think there's, I think there's two aspects of this that we're exploring the journey, the journey into there. Well, I'd say there's two big aspects of this transformation for me that have been nothing short of, I'll just say miraculous from my standpoint, this whole thing for me is a miracle. And because I had, I, I couldn't even ever fathom that I would be living the life that I am. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even dream of it because it wasn't even fathomable. You know, it just, it was beyond my imagination. So this is appearing to me as miraculous, but one is this, this journey inside, right. And the other is the connection that it's, it's what it's done with my connection with self and connection with other. See, gender, and this is, I want to kind of bring the gender in thing, but I think it speaks to any divisions, any parts of us that we're, we're separated from, other people that we're separated from. Gender divides us. Anytime that we put people into categories, it creates division. And there's some interesting brain science behind this that you might be interested in, Sarah, where they look at the brain scans of people and, and they look at the empathy and what happens when we say if, you know, someone's man, someone's woman, someone's black, someone's white, someone's smart, someone's not smart, you know, someone's able bodied, someone's not able right? just the mere fact that we're making a differentiation and we're, we're, we're creating a division. It starts to limit, em em limit empathy with with those people. And also it starts to create judgment. And I think that for me on my spiritual journey getting over this binary and that's where i am right now with respect to and, and i want to there's so much to talk to you about but uh, we'll have to pick up this thread but but for me to progress in my spiritual journey i had to work through this gender binary i had to get on the other side of the gender binary from a consciousness standpoint and i think what has happened from this from the division that it created with myself I'll speak to that first, the division that it created with myself and then the division it created with others. Within myself, you're exactly right. Like it created this, this separation because little boys couldn't cry. Little boys couldn't be afraid. You know, little boys couldn't, you know, behave socially a certain way. And so I learned to cut that part, of, divide that part of myself from myself and, and then have not no longer whole and spent, as you said, 48 years, like not accepting this part of myself, thinking something was wrong. And then, and then working towards self-awareness, reclaiming those parts of myself that I had abandoned in my youth and, and becoming more whole, um, becoming aware of those darker parts of myself, accepting those darker parts of myself, loving those darker part of myself so that I can heal, which is just to become more whole. And I feel like this journey of becoming a woman has really been a journey in becoming a better human being. I feel like it's just made me a more whole human and the and gender binary doesn't make sense to me anymore. I really feel like we 
gender is is no longer needed and i we can talk about that that later but but so that's the i think how i think of like gender and division and what it's done to my relationship with myself i'm reclaiming these parts of myself that i think were divided because i was conditioned as a boy rather than a girl um, and then there's the division with others right and that's where that's where the empathy comes in and what i see too is a very kind of a little bit maddening and a little bit sad state where I see the miscommunication and the relationship challenges between men and women. And I see all sorts of power dynamics between men and women. I see inequities. I see all these, I see misogyny. I see it all over the place and just understanding it from both sides mm. and seeing it like just this train crash of, of genders, because, you know, I can see how we got here. It, 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 it due to my own conditioning, thinking I was a man, and then now living you know, and being accepted in women's circles, I can just see how this all unfolded because we've made this very arbitrary decision to put babies into these categories and treat them so differently. And now here's the result of years and years of social evolution and, and evolutionary biology that has us separate and divided. And, and so there's there's a lot there, but that's kind of how I pull all this together. And and so when we when we bring wholeness to ourselves, that's with self-love. And when we create when we cross the division and get rid of divisions between people, whether it's gender or race or whatever, that's how we we love each other. And so as I accept myself and I see this essence of Corey, and I'm going to try to pull all the parts together. When I see this essence of Corey and I think about this essence of Corey, then I see that essence of Corey in other people. I see that essence of Corey in me, the, that part of me that is beyond the skin suit that I'm in. And once I can connect with that and I can start to love that essence of Corey beyond the skin suit, I can see that in other people more. And, 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 and I see that as common humanity and love and learn to love everybody through that process. Um, because I see this essence that is just this, you know, this beautiful human being beyond, beyond identity, beyond skin suit. So there's, I mean, I, I don't know how coherent that That's was. Great. There's That's lots great. of, lots of pieces that are, that come together for me around this whole journey. When I, I'm still very new at telling my story now and thinking of this through this kind of like spiritual lens. So i that's why I think I'm a little bit clunky talking about this, but it's just been within like, I'll say the last month or so that I've been able to zoom out and, and kind of connect some more of these dots and see it, see it just continually zooming out as an evolution of consciousness. That's at the highest level. I felt like my evolution, if the, if the point of the spiritual journey, which to me it is, is an evolution of consciousness. I feel that my consciousness has evolved by moving beyond the gender binary it's really blown up my binary thinking across the map that's very very profound change in is that it's that binary was like that was the keystone that blew up so many binary thinking so relationships yeah would you just speak and i because it, it's interesting for me it might just be my own limitation but can you kind of illustrate what you mean by it it blew up your whole binary conversation like given it like what that looks like or an example or what you've noticed in the world yeah the the just the 
yeah, beyond binary thinking, um, where it's been really profound is obviously gender. That's a big one. As we talked about a couple of years ago, that our sense of gender forms very early in our development as people. So that's a big binary that we accept. The binary of monogamous relationships, you know, that, that I have to want to me, that's like, there's a certain type of relationship. There's monogamous, loving, committed, you know, long, there's marriage, you know, and then there's, you know, and, and so I've, I've been exploring open relationships. There's, there's binaries around sexual orientation. You know, it's like, as I've started to explore my own sexual orientation, it's like everyone, there's no, there's no bright lines and there's no, mm sharp divisions in nature nothing in nature has a bright line division and so every aspect of my personality and my physiology is is somewhere on the by the on the binary on the spectrum now you know outside the binary i live outside the binary what am i physiologically i mean you're a natural you're a healthcare <laughs> professional i mean my hormone levels are indistinguishable from a cis woman woman's you know I have breasts, I have a vagina, you know, my, my, my blood count, my hematocrit, things have changed at that level. You know, yeah. it's, it's really just ex shown me just how fluid this and, and the fact that like these energies that, that, and at the core level, I feel like this binary is these energies, this energy that we've labeled masculine and this energy mm. that we've labeled mm -hmm. feminine. And, and we all have a blend of those energies. They're all fluid. We all have our natural set points, you know? So to me, it's, it's been getting more and more in touch with that energetic exchange and it, it, and it's just, that's, that's been a big one is to sort of just, I'm mean, really uh, beyond that was binary perfect. on that every, was every aspect. Yeah. yeah sorry. No, that please. really, that really helped to like reframe it in in the sense of the spectrum and that there's no bright lines in nature and that just that just landed fully what what that means and you know in my own exploration of self and and spirituality there are those who have talked about that that a possible next level of evolution of humanity is where we are all at work on our divine feminine and our divine masculine inside of ourselves and the like spiritual marriage of self of of that and then you know there are many people in different frames from you know physiology to sociology where we can see how like literally people's hormone levels change you know in your 50s as you go through menopause and and andropause and where there's actually this like meeting in the middle like when when children are between the ages of zero and seven, and there's a lot more ambiguity and there's a lot less physiologic distinction between boys and girls, you know, at, at a physiologic level. And then we go through our, you know, reproductive years, but then after andropause and menopause, there's sort of this like women sort of tending in this direction towards masculine things and men tending in this direction towards feminine things that happens physiologically in addition to what happens sociologically as well. And so I think there's a fluidity throughout our lifetime. It, it it doesn't even have to be, I mean, some, some of us have particular set points for sure, but then also what's the social conditioning that creates that set point. And if we were truly free in self-expression, what, where might we be from year to year or decade to decade? That's, that's distinct. Or day to day, day to or day, day yeah. to day. As I yeah. talk to my gender fluid friends and I feel it, I feel the energy day to day. Listen, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, um, 
you know, I loved, I loved to play. I mean, the playing with gender and exploring the gender binary has been a very, very important part of my journey. And, and it's, it's been phenomenal, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving past that. For me, it's been like, it's, I've loved it. I've loved every bit of it. I mean, in terms of like accepting my feminine, I haven't liked, you know, my life and there's, you know, there's been a lot of aspects of this, this journey that have been very difficult, as you know, and, and, and still are frankly, but in terms of me exploring my feminine and, and embracing my feminine and going deep into the feminine, you've seen me go deep into, into the feminine. I love it. I love it. And I've loved every minute of it. And I still do. I still do. But in some sense, I've started to realize over the last kind of, well, six months really, and now over the last, it's just getting more and more acute that I jumped out of the fire and into the frying pan hmm. from a self-expression standpoint hmm. and a personal liberation standpoint, because I, I, you know, I so wanted to be a woman and I did. And now you like your audience can't see me, but I'm sitting in my, at my little apartment. I'm surrounded by 200 dresses and 60 pairs of high heels and a bunch of makeup. I went deep on the feminine and I, I assimilated all, all the sort of ideals around like, you know, social conditioning and around what feminine beauty was. And, you know, I have trouble going out, out without makeup on. And, you know, it's a big deal for me to go out without doing my hair. And, and it's, it's changed so much. And this is getting into that other aspect, which you're talking about, yeah. Sarah, that you wanted to go in before we talked about bottom surgery, but, but it's, it's, and, and in a way, I feel like I'm kind of stuck because now it's like, honestly, I think if I sort of had to do if I if I was if let's just say if I if, if I was spiritually where I am today, four years ago, I don't know that I would have transitioned if I'm to be honest with you. Hmm. I probably wouldn't have because I was married or at least I would have transitioned. I know I would have transitioned differently. I know I would have transitioned differently that much. I would have slowed, I would have done whatever I could to slow the whole process down so that my ex-wife and my children could keep up with me because I went so fast mm. and so hard and involved substances. But, but I don't, but, and it's, it's, it was important for me, you know, in, the, in my own journey to explore the feminine, I needed to scratch that itch. But now it really is about integrating these two aspects. I left the masculine aspects of my life behind. And, and that included a lot of my professional work and stuff. And I ran to the, I mean, I went from, you know, professional financial services, you know, to selling perfume at Nordstrom as a shop girl. I, I really threw everything masculine behind and, and embraced this feminine. And now this is a process of, of bringing both together and integrating as my life started to settle and I put down roots in Bellingham, I'm starting to integrate this. And I really see myself as just kind of not to assimilate the term, but really as just like literally these two spirits, these two energies. And, and on, you know, I thought almost about, well, should I come out as non-binary? Should I use they, them pronouns, she, they, you know, I, at this point, I'm so, I don't care. You know, I like, I like, being identified with the feminine i still enjoy it but i think i think our natural setting which is what you allude to are uh, alluded to our default setting as human beings is to be 
beyond the binary and be very androgynous and be very fluid and embrace all of these energies in ourselves and not be divided around these very arbitrary aspects of physiology or sociology or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And, and even, you know, I mean, we've been talking so much about gender, but this will maybe take us into that next direction, which is like, then there's just these aspects of self and there's all of these characteristics that we assign these characteristics are masculine and these characteristics are feminine and these characteristics are, you know, sociologically, socially more acceptable in a man than a woman. And there's lots of conversations about like when a woman displays certain leadership styles, she's labeled as bitchy and demanding. And when a man displays the exact same behavior, he's labeled as assertive and, you know, really somebody that provides a lot of comfort for everyone that works for them. And there's all sorts of studies and things that have been done around that. I notice in my own life, because there's aspects of myself where like, I want to be in the front and I will kick ass and I want to be in the space of strong leadership and things I would deem more of my organized. See, it's like, it's so embedded in our language. I don't even know how to talk about it without throwing all the labels down, right? Like what would be typically considered more masculine or male centric behaviors. And there's been periods of my life where like, it was like, if I stepped into the feminine, it was like, well, it's okay for you to be weak or take a step back. And, and this is just inside my own self, right? Like I'm not even putting it out and, and I don't even have like a, an upset about that, but I watched myself struggle against letting myself relax, letting myself, you know, take a step back, letting myself not have to be in a leadership position. You know, there, some of it, my body demanded it when I had chronic fatigue syndrome, like I had to, and I've been going through my own identity process of the last several years of like, who do I want to be on a day-to-day basis and how do I want to show up? And it's fluid. There are some days where it's, you know, type A personality, ass kicking, check all the boxes, have the spreadsheet for my spreadsheets. And then there's other days where I don't want any agenda at all. And I want the wild feminine to just arise inside of me and 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 go into those receptive receiving states and like, I watch inside myself this, like, I gotta be, I gotta be this way just from out of expectation and then shift back in. And like, right now I'm in yoga pants and a, you know, hoodie sweatshirt. And there's other times where I want to be in like a rockin' slinky silk golden dress. And then there's other times that I think I would like love to rock a power suit. So all of that. And I mean, that's like an outward expression, but I can just see my own places where I like come up against some of those edges myself. And so I think that's going back to the universality of like the human condition and and where we're all working on finding our own comfort. But also I don't mean that in like a safe, like, I mean, like, like the, the comfort in being yourself in that, like that home, that home space of your self-expression. Yeah. These categories, they, they, they limit us, these labels, they limit us, they divide us. There's there's so much that I've just experienced in terms of like how I show up in as I how I used to show up believing because I think that's why my perspective is unique not or a little more unique than well I don't know I just think it's unique because from from I mean I fully believed that I was a cis man I mean I did I had I was like I was all in you know I had I didn't have any inkling I was anything other than a cis man. I just had this mental, weird mental illness that I kind of kept way back to myself. 
And so I was, I believed completely conditioned that way. And then I shifted and, and, and to see what I did, I, I started to act. I started to like, not be as confident. It's not that we even, ex- that, that I had that internalized. So that, that my biggest, one of my, there's some big thresholds for you and, and overcoming my own misogyny, my own mm-hmm. internalized misogyny, because me realizing that like, oh my God, as I've transitioned, I've lost confidence. I'm not as assertive as I used to be. I don't speak up. I don't feel, you know, like I just took all that on. And that was, again, another sort of realization that it's like, God, that is purely a function of social conditioning because this essence of Corey is the same. I'm just now I'm just playing a different I got to play a different role. And it's and where did I get that information from the how to play that role? I got from just from, you know, as a boy watching the movies and watching people and trying to figure out what a woman is. That's how I started to play that role. And now that I've been playing that now when I was really in those circles and I was really being treated as a woman, I realized that being a woman's way more than that role. And I've really had to like learn what it is. But it showed me it showed me just how superficial these things, this gender is and these labels are and how socially conditioned in some sense. I know less about gender than I did. And at first that was alarming because I wanted to get to the bottom of gender. And then now I was just like, no, it's really simple. It's not, it's, we put, we, we, we kind of don't need it anymore. It's, yeah. it's, 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 there's, this is a very amazing fact Whether you're talking about leadership characteristics, like you were talking about, or you're talking about physiology you know, trans women in, in sports, you know, women in leadership, whatever you want to talk about, brain science, there is more variation within the genders and sexes than across the genders and sexes, right? I want to say that again, more within than across. So for example, we start talking about testosterone, right? You lay every cis man out on in the unit, you know, in the world on testosterone on the spectrum, you're going to get some type of curve, right? You know, and you're going to get some range, right? Some average, and you're going to get some range. Well, that range between all the cis men is bigger than the range between cis men and cis women. They have their own range over here, right? And so, so that is a that when I heard that, it's like, that just showed me that was just proof. <laughs> it shatters categories. like a whole thing. It yeah. shatters everything yeah. because it's like we made a category. There's more differences between the two categories on some of these very critical yeah. uh, biomarkers and, and, you know, characteristics that we've used to divide people. Yeah. If, if that's not evidence that these categories are just blatantly wrong and not unnecessary. Yeah. Then I don't so know this is. is great. We let's 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 pick up fully the thread. What have you experienced differently in the world? You know, how has it been? I mean, we've talked a lot about your internal relationship with self, which is I mean, that statement of that you had to deal with your own misogyny just like there's just incredibly powerful vulnerable willingness to to do that kind of work that all of us could do but now I'm really curious what you're like is a social experiment I know this was very personal for you but also like 
as the social experiment of like, what have you witnessed and noticed in the world or how the world has interacted with you differently or how you've interacted with the world differently going from cis male to trans woman and now where you kind of are finding your way beyond gender? Yeah. Gosh, there's so much in here. Just like there, like there's. <laughs> this is going to be one of, one of my things. only two-hour episodes. Sorry, guys, you're no. just going to hang in there because I'm going to take this all the well, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I love talking about this stuff. But yeah, it's and in some way you can't you can't distinguish the two the inner the inner journey and the other. But but I'll say as I said before, there's there's and where those two start to inter inter interact is like I said, it's 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 increased my empathy tremendously. And empathy for women. I mean, empathy across the board, but so much for for women and so much for for queer people and so much for any really marginalized identity or historically marginalized group, you know, community, peoples, whatever. It's 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 been it's been through the roof in terms of in terms of I don't even that's not even good metaphor, just the growth in my empathy. It's just been amazing and compassion. But what in terms of the interaction, I mean, I think probably. The biggest thing is I'm actually like, I'm more transparent. I, I So let me tell, I'm going to tell this from the inside out. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to tell this from the inside out. as like, what's changing me and what have I seen the reaction in people? Right. Because that's, that's kind of what happens, right? Is I change and then people start to react to me differently. And I'd say it's, it's, it's been largely positive. I've actually had a Goldilocks experience. I mean, I've been, if I've experienced a lot of transphobia, and and I'll say discrimination, then it's it hasn't been like that overt for me. And I granted I it's very I've been very privileged and I know and and that's not the case. And I I you know I know so many people particularly now. I mean it's so interesting to to be on this journey now and, and this timing and walk into where we are at this point in time with the transphobia that's happening right now. And and I haven't experienced really that personally, but it's it's terrible. But but in terms of just my experience, it's been very good. As I've, I've as I've grown with empathy more, I've been more open to people. I've been I've been more transparent. I I meet people easier. I get along with people easier. I'm more social. I feel more comfortable. I mean, there was a hurdle to get over. I mean, when I first started presenting as a woman, I mean, I was far from comfortable and far from confident. But but. But now I, I feel like as I've moved into this authentic self, and that's what it is, is I, I feel like I can just be more of myself. I'm not, I think whether I was conscious of it or not, every time I would interact with someone, like there's always parts of myself I was keeping behind, right? The shame, right? That takes, I think that that hiding parts of ourselves takes a lot of psychic energy and 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 we we just can't show up fully. And so- as I've brought these parts of myself out and I don't feel shamed, I show up more authentically. And I think that shows up in some type of energy where I've, I've other people, it invites other people to show up authentically. People, people connect with me differently. I drop in easier. There's, there's more, I feel like more emotionally connected with people, but, but this idea of like, just this showing up authentically and transparently has radically altered my relationships and interactions with people. And it's been almost a hundred percent positive for mm. me. And I'll say where it's been the most positive and the least expected is in my girlfriendships. 
I love my girlfriendships. For me, the everything is all the heartache and pain and all the suffering and everything of this whole journey has been it's been all worth the price of admission for my girlfriendships. I have in 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 moving from the way men interact and I had some very deep friendships with men and now I have some very very deep friendships with women. But I believe there's something about the way women socialize are socialized and the way they interact that to me is so much more healthier and has been just mind blowing in terms of me being able to show up as my whole self. This, I would be, I would be dead at many points along this journey had it been not for my girlfriends holding me in this loving space and, and having multiple girlfriends in my life where I could say anything to them and not have any shame. I think I think that's been my big is come overcoming the shame and the man code. I think there's we all suffer from there's all, all these genders and all this stuff, this stuff around gender and these categories and sexual orientation. It all creates a lot of shame. It certainly did for me. Shame around wanting to be a girl and thinking there is something wrong with me. Shame around some some kinks I have. Shame around my sexual orientation. Shame around my neurodivergence. You know, that that as I've embraced these aspects of myself and been and met, met with love and not have to hide them, it's been it's been remarkable. And I've found those safe spaces with with cis women and to be able to drop in and to be able to just show up messy and crying and connect so deep and feel a deep, deep, like unconditional love from my girlfriends has been amazing amazing it actually makes me very sad i was talking to our mutual friend kate about this and she's like oh you should write something about this it's so interesting but it actually makes me very sad that the way men are at least in my generation and a lot of the men i know that have been conditioned because they're missing out on real human connection and that's what i found through this journey and any way you come through this door the spiritual door any way you come through this door, what I've found through this journey is a deeper and deeper, deeper or more and more profound levels of connection with myself and more and more deeper connections with humanity. And, and that connection, that sense of connection, sense of feeling connected deeper, more to myself and to everyone has just led to more love and joy. Not always. I still deal with mental illness. I still deal with financial stress. I still am a hot mess in in so many ways. I mean, if you, you know, and ask my friends, I mean, they're still picking me off, off the pavement some days. I mean, not literally, obviously, thank God, but but I still it still takes a village to keep me on the train. You know, I'm still I still got a lot of mental health issues to deal with through all this and this integration. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I've made a big shift. And the big shift is that, um, I, you know, I, most likely I'm bipolar and, and I'm dealing with that. And like, as I'm dealing with that, though, I'm making the very conscious effort because there's shame around that. And, I, and I've got this whole like, so every one of these things I've had to undo my own internalized. I had to undo, undo, undo my first or at first I had to undo, undo my internalized uh, transphobia to come out. Then my process has been undoing my internalized misogyny. 
now uh, overcoming my internalized stigma about mental health mm. and, and then, and not just, and that inter- overcoming that internalized stigma is, is for me, a men- a huge mental shift of saying that the way my mind works, according to Western psychology and the DSM, it'd be bipolar too. And that's a disorder. That is one view of it. The other view of it is my mind just works differently. And and that's a feature of Corey and not a flaw of yeah. Corey. All these aspects of me that I thought were wrong and I thought were not normal, I've just one by one, I've been checking them off. They're features, they're not flaws. And it's like, it's all part of this kind of messy soup that I am. And the more I kind of embrace it, the more I I feel freer, I feel more liberated. The ups and downs are crazier, but I love it. You know, I've got to deal with the emotional ups and downs from from my my mental health and and probably exacerbated by my hormones. But life is life is so much richer. Yeah. So I, there's another long kind of piece. That's brilliant. No, I hear. I mean the the aliveness transmits. You know, absolutely. Absolutely transmits. So I actually can kind of feel the energy, the conversation starting to, to, you know, there's always this, this trajectory of these episodes that I just love getting to feel into when, when are they coming to a close? And I, I I really want to ask a question that's going to sound so effing cliche, but I really mean it. I really want to ask this question, which is knowing what you know now, where you are for anyone else out in the world who can relate to this conversation, whether it is about transitioning around gender or any other aspect of self that they've been living one way, knowing that it's inauthentic to who they are and are really looking for the courage, looking for the stepping out, like what would be the advice you would give? What do you wish them to know? Well, there's one that I, and I've given this advice to a couple of young trans people that were coming out and it's to, to be patient and go slow. I mean, I think that I tried to push the river. I mean, I think these transformation, I don't think we're as in charge of these transformations as we think we are. You know, I think they happen and I think they happen in their own time. And I think the best thing we can do, whether we're going under uh, going through any transformation is to um is to take care of ourselves self-care self-love give ourselves some grace try to work on you know try to work on that shame and then and then i think just do the work in to the extent you can i i certainly hope people can do the work in relationship um that's been a big for me with the shame is as i've spoken as I've spoken to now that I'm surrounded as I've been going through some more challenges, but now, now that I'm surrounded by all these amazing girlfriends that I have, I, I, I have this community. I can, this stuff that's coming up that was before it was shameful. Now it's coming up and I can talk about it and it's lost its power over me. So I think, and, and, but it's, it's just, it's, it's love. It's, it's get, you know, self-love and and in loving relationships that's what we need that's the i think talking about mental illness and 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 transphobia and, and any of this stuff it's like 
what we need during transformation is love. We need love. That's where we, that's where we, that's where it happens. And so that's what we need to give our kids. That's what we need to give, you know, people who are struggling with mental illness. Um, it's, 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 it's love. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, if you're not, if the answer is not love, you're asking the wrong question, right? <laughs> so I'm, I, if you give, if you give me long enough, I'm going to, I'm going to take any question you ask me to the point of love, because at the end of the day, everything, I think if you break it apart is love versus fear. Yeah. And so with regardless, it's like, how can I move more towards, more towards love? What's the answer here? Or what questions do I need to ask that that help me see this situation in a more loving situation, loving myself or loving someone else? Love with a side of joy. Corey loved joy. love with a side of joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we shouldn't say anything else after that that should be exactly where we leave it it's absolutely perfect and um i'm still honored and still touched to get to be witness and um beneficiary of such incredible wisdom and i completely love your transparency that you know we're all on the roller coaster together and and we all are dealing with you know our community helping us get scraped off the pavement from time to time. And it does not by any means, you know, that I think we're finally putting an end to this conversation that I'll be able to speak up and make a difference for others when I have my shit together. That's not how that works, you know, and your willingness and your courage to be public and to be out and to share your story and the difference that it can make for so many people. Probably my hope for this episode is there's people who listen to it who have never even really thought about some of these conversations around trans identity. And, you know, it, it opens up a place in themselves where even if this circumstance is so far from who they are, it touches something because there's, there's, we keep talking about it, the universal human condition of shame, and then our own pathway to love and self-love and empathy and generosity. And, it, you know, yours looks like cis man to trans woman and everything that it's now evolving into. And that's not what the circumstances look like for everybody, but the core themes are, are universal. And, and it's what, what many of us are all, maybe all of us are dealing with. So I just yeah. couldn't be happier to have you here. Just so appreciate you, Corey. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I just, as you were talking, I was also reflecting on this conversation and there's, gosh, there's so much here. We covered a lot of ground and no, I appreciate the space. There's, there's a lot of what I covered here that I've never, it's just, it's new. I mean, you're catching me, you know, you're very much catching me again, mid process. And I suspect that anytime you catch me through the rest of my life, you'll catch me in process. So I hope, I hope this was beneficial. I really do. I mean, I, 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 that's what I want to say. I want to say thank you. And, and especially if any, and thanks for anyone who's listened this long, because I, you know, I know that it's, 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 it's been a little bit rambling. I'm it's hard for me to articulate some of these things. I'm just like making these realizations like real time this morning, even as, and even as we're talking, coming up with these realizations as, as this is so fresh, but that is my hope. That's why I come on at these calls or are these opportunities or opportunities to speak is that somehow it will be helpful. 
and and I just I just kind of throw the messiness out there. And the more I've done that, the more people are like, we actually like appreciate the messiness, right? That that you're it, that was not expected at all. So that's why I continue to put myself out there and and I just and then hope it's it's helpful to again of and course for people who want to follow your, anybody yeah, yeah 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 for people who want to follow your journey you're on instagram um what's the best way to keep keep tabs on you is that the best place yeah instagram it's at cory c-o-r-i dot lovejoy i guess you'll have show notes but yep. um, i'm also on instagram professionally great perfect well, it is okay, well, thank you again. Yeah. Awesome. And till we get to do this again. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to today's guest, Corey Lovejoy, for her radiance and adventurous spirit. For all the resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com slash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nictor, and our kick-ass editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.